0: And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 25, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm Evan Marinovsky, here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
1: Evan, I'm splendid. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. It's been a fun week of this Bruins, and, uh, you know, it's fun to have that again. It's fun to, like, have consistent news and things to talk about and opine about. Missed it.
1: It's been great. You know, it's, we've gotten uh, quite a few, feels like we've had multiple days where you and I have left Warrior and been like, there's way too much stuff to dissect. I think, you know, we've, there's a lot of different stuff to deal with, but I would much rather, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I'd much rather be having too much stuff to write about than be sitting around in my sweatpants watching like Ness and reruns. You know, it, that got old back in, like, April, right? So, yes, glad to be uh, back on the swing of things. And, again, a whole bunch of stuff to get through, especially considering the training camp is as short as it is.
0: It's funny. When I was in quarantine, uh, as the listeners know, back in, like, mid-November, uh, I would sit there, and it'd be, like, you know, 12 in the morning or whatever, and I'd just kind of be, like, you know, hanging out. And I'd flip on Nesson, and there'd be, like, a game from, like, a Bruins game from, like, 1998. I'd be like, oh, this seems kind of interesting, you know? And I'd be like, oh, this, might, you know? yes, yes. like, oh, this is so dumb. Um, <laughs> but... It is fun to have like real stuff, being up and you know being up late and you know, typing out stuff and getting stories in and posting stuff. I miss it. I missed it so much, and I'm so glad that it's finally back. Um, and so this obviously this week there's been quite a bit of stuff to dissect. First piece of news: the worst kept secret in hockey, uh, Patrice Bergeron named the captain of the Bruins on a Thursday afternoon. Almost wasn't. I do almost was wonder. Not. Almost was not. I do wonder in that video. Marshawn gets handed the jersey with the C on it. Um, I do wonder when they cut to Bergeron. You can't see it because he has a mask on. But I do wonder if there was a second where it was like, "Is this a? This might not be a joke."
1: <laughs> it's, it'd be funny if they really committed to it and like actually tweeted out like a press release. Like, imagine if they like made like a full announcement for like five minutes. Of course, you could never do that. But just imagine <laughs> how much like hockey Twitter would lose its shit if if, if that happened. So yeah. I mean, them for actually rolling with that because, like, yeah, the the video there's like that like half second where you see Bergeron, his eyes are just like glazed over. We are like, is this is this really happening? Because like, they, they
0: congrats, even had congrats, they, they committed hard enough to put the C on Marshawn's jersey. Oh, it's like, yeah, that you have to tell a a equipment person like, hey, take like five, 10 minutes out of your day to put a C on a jersey that you're only gonna have to take off uh, Mm -hmm. later on. So I just find that hilarious. Because like, I mean, you have to think, this was never a competition. Like, obviously, it was gonna be Bergeron the entire time. If you're the Bruins PR people, you're probably thinking like, okay, how do we make this like the funniest, most interesting? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we add a little spice to this because there's no spice to Bergeron being captain. Like we all knew that was happening. Right, yeah. So I wonder who was the one who was like, oh my God, let's fake it and have Marshawn be the captain for like five seconds.
1: What if you what actually would have been really funny is if uh for Thursday morning, right before they announced it, if Marshawn was on the ice and he just had on his seat, like the captain jersey, and all of us would just be losing our minds. At that point, you see him out there, like, this is probably bullshit. However, like, I have to tweet this, like, he's, <laughs> he's skating with like his own, if it was like a Bergeron, like, captain jersey, then, like, all right, you can, you know, that'd be funny. But, like, it's just straight up his jersey. I was like, yes. oh,
0: the best see. part is, I think Marshawn's the only guy on, like, that I can think of who wouldn't get offended by, like, them As, making like him the face butt captain. It's <laughs> yes. like,
1: Andre Kasha, come on down.
0: Tuca, like, come on over. Or, like, David Krejci, come on over. Because, like, that, there's a tiny chance that's plausible. Um, and then it's just like, <laughs> ah, JK. It's Craig, it's Craig Smith. Give it to Berge. It's po- Craig Smith. Paul
1: po- po- Craig Smith, who, like, uh, Cassidy was uh, talking about this on Wednesday, but he's like, you know, it's kind of uh, a tough situation for a guy like him because, like, we can't, like, get lunch. Like, what if Craig Smith just shows up and it's like you're part of the team now? It's like, oh yeah, i will see you on the ice. Like, there's no like, they can't like grab a drink or something afterwards. Like, it, it, this, right, this you is look really new good guy.
0: in that two-on-one drill.
1: Like, imagine just like walking in the first day and Camille really being like, hey, like we're gonna prank, we're gonna say you're the fucking captain. I'm gonna see Inverturn's gonna get pissed at you for like a millisecond. Like, imagine just putting that on Craig Smith like his first yes. weekend on the job.
0: Give it to Greg McKag. Uh, Let let that just sizzle. But I see part of me now that you mentioned the whole, like they should have played it on longer. I wish that like they'd walked out of the room and done like a whole ceremony for Marshawn being captain and like really like played into it. Not, not released to the public, but, like, really, like, Cam Neely leaves the room. Like, they all, like, they, they all clap for Marshawn. He gives, like, a little speech. And then, like, Sweeney and Mo- Neely walk out. And then, like, they come back in, like, nah, we're just yeah. playing. <laughs> Bergeron's about to, like, give his letter of resignation and, like, request a trade. But that would have been so awkward to think about it. Like, I wonder what Bergeron would have said had, like, Marshawn or anyone else gotten the captaincy. Like, He's so classy. I, I can't imagine him being like, well, it should have been me. Like, be I, I so imagine it would,
1: be like, it would be like the grin and bear thing. It's like that that meme where the guy's like crying, but he's got like the smiley <laughs> face, like <laughs> mask on top. That's like what it would be. I don't imagine he would uh, raise much of a stink about it. But I feel like that joke did like, it was great just for the, like, the visual of it, but like it definitely didn't land because I don't think anyone was at all surprised that Bershon was getting a C. C.
0: Dude, that's on Chara. Chara ruined that surprise. I know. Chara came like, out and just absolutely sabotaged the Bruins.
1: It, it, like the least, like as soon as like that notification popped up today, it was at like maybe like eleven a.m. on the dot, right as practice started, which is great. Like middle of the scrimmage, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but um, but no, like when that notification came out, I was like, oh yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Like, I, wasn't...
1: I of course, it's like a minute long video, so I just like zoomed right to the end, and he's got the the new sweater on. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, this makes sense.
0: <laughs> Had to get through all that stuff before, but you know, yeah, those former was, legends.
1: Just, <laughs> usually when they just post a video, just, you zoom to the very end and find out what it actually is. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay,
0: yep. Well, the best the best part is YouTube has that feature where when you when it's like high speed scrubbing, you can like see the frame as yes. you go. Whereas with Twitter, you you don't. And a lot of times for me, like it'll go back to where it started. So I I was. I was, I don't remember what I was doing, but I got, I I saw that. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, we kind of knew that was coming, but uh, obviously good for Berger. I mean, I don't think we've both, I think, I don't think there's anyone who disagrees with this. This, wait, this might be the first thing the Bruins have done or any sports team has done in Boston in like, that I can remember where like no one disagrees with this. Everyone is completely on. There's not, I've not seen one person being like, Wait, why? Like, th- yeah. no one is disagreeing with this. Even the people in my Twitter replies love this.
1: Yeah, I think the only discourse I saw, there were people arguing about uh, Krejci and Moshin both getting VAs, which, like, one, Krejci's had that for a couple of years now. And their, their argument was Moshin shouldn't get it, and it should, be a, should have been possible because he scored the most goals, which, like, means nothing in terms of, like, a very good player. Like, Logic. Who knows, maybe, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe a few years down the road, but... Jesus doesn't mean like just because you stop, you know, you've, you're the rocket Rashad doesn't mean you get the A. But in terms of captaincy, I did not get any of those hot takes. So.
0: Yeah, it should just be the fastest player. It should be like in first grade when like the fastest kid is the one who mm-hmm. like all the girls are like obsessed with. That's, mm-hmm. what, that, that should be what it is. If you're the fastest skater, you get to be the captain.
1: Those, those used to be the rules. They've changed around now that it has to be, I guess the best leader is the captain now. It's <laughs> bullshit. Take, huh? yeah. <laughs> I
0: can't believe it. Why would they do that? I know. Um, but, but yeah, no, Burst strong got the right one. And then I think it is impressive that, you know, I mean, you know, we obviously, uh, you know, we we joke about Marshawn and stuff, but he really has become a leader. Like, I, I think that that is something that uh, the rest of the hockey world kind of refuses to believe. But as, we, you know, we here in Boston have watched Marshawn grow up from when he started here in 2010 to now. Mm-hmm. And in that time... He has become a legitimate leader. I mean, I remember there were times in that 2019 playoff series. I remember there was a specific, specific instance where Connor Clifton, or uh, I forget who it was, someone got hit from behind and Clifton went over to, uh, I think it was Jordan Stahl who did it. and Clifton went over mm-hmm. to like grab him and Marshawn grabbed Clifton before he on. could get yeah. his hand on Stahl. And it's things like that where it's like, oh my God, that's definitely not something Marshawn would have done when he was 20, 23- like in, when, he, when it was like, you know, 2015 or 2013. So, he has become a legitimate leader, and I think people kind of need to realize that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think even every year it's been you know a step step forward in that regard. I mean, he went from uh, you know the 2018 run where he's you know <laughs> looking guys and drawing that, and like right afterwards was very kind of contrite about that and said he more or less. I think on like breakup day, he was like, "I have to," you know get that shit out of my game and you know he's more or less been you know as much as he can still be a pest he's not like he's a, a guy who's you know taking his team out of situations or, or taking you know uh, misconducts and taking himself off the ice for extended stretches or anything like that so he definitely has cleaned up his game and I think that's also probably a testament to, to Bergeron the example he sets because I think he talked to anyone uh about Bergeron's impact and it's a lot of it's just kind of leading by example and guys following along. Um, you look at Marsh, and I remember there was, uh, one of the early, um, one of the behind the bees, like early on when they first had that, that show out there. It was like a dev camp in like 2016, I think maybe. And it was, you know, all those guys showing up to Warrior for the, the first time and Martian was there like working out on his own. And I think pretty much like, you know, the training and conditioning guys were like, yeah, this is what Martian does. Like he's, he's a beast doing all this. Like this is what you guys have to do. And I'm sure if you asked Martian about his off ice workouts and his commitment to being a better, you know, athlete and a better hockey player, I'm sure the first guy he'll point to is Bergeron and the example he sets. So I think that's just kind of that infectious kind of energy and that, that culture that, you know, Bergeron helped build here with guys like Zdeno Chára. um, guys like Mark Reckie, all all these guys who have kind of set those foundations, Uh, I think a lot of it draws back to kind of Bergeron and the example he sets. And I think, you know, it's just kind of continuing that cycle. Like in five years, Bergeron is no longer here. You've got guys like, you know, McAvoy and these younger guys who are going to be stepping into that role. There's even guys who are, you know, in that mid-tier, like Charlie Coyle, who's, you know, in his late 20s, but he's talked a lot about you know, the examples that Bergeron sets and you can look at all the different examples he's had, you know, uh, even, even recently, all those guys talked about that speech he gave during uh, game six of the cup final where they're facing elimination pretty much blew the doors off St. Louis in that game in their own, their own building. And All those guys afterwards, it wasn't about, you know, the cliched answers of, you know, we were good on the four check, you know, Hound hounding pucks or anything like that. A lot of it was just, you know, the speech Bergeron gave and uh, their commitment to not wanting that season to end in that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of trace all, a lot of the success for the Bruins on ice off. A lot of it is uh, traced back to Bergeron. Whether he'll admit it or not, he probably won't in terms of his role in all of it, of course. But uh, he's just been a monumental piece for the Bruins in terms of just his success over the pretty much the whole tenure that he's been here with the Bruins now going into his 17th season. So it's definitely a testament and a title that is absolutely deserved and not a surprise to anyone.
0: No, not a surprise. I think there's a legitimate case to be made that the best thing to happen to Brad Marshawn was Patrice Bergeron. Oh, yeah. And that Patrice Bergeron really was kind of the the guy that set a guy like Marshawn straight because there was a real period there. It wasn't ever like Sagan, but, you know, like, it, it was known that Marchand liked to have a good time and, you know, the, 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 the celebration after the cup, which was well warranted. I mean, you won the yes. Stanley Cup. Like, absolutely. But... You know, the stuff on the ice and sort of his antics on... It was more on the
1: ice stuff. And him, him, um, him being AWOL from the Stanley Cup DVD because he was not in the state to do his <laughs> recordings, which was always a great little uh, fact about that video. If you watch it, he doesn't... Ha- he's not have... They always have, you know, the talking head things. He's like not in it, I don't think. Because they... Like, yeah, he wasn't available.
0: <laughs>
1: so, <yeah. laughs>
0: So there's that, too. So it's things like that that, you know, I think it feels like, you know, as... Marshawn also got older and matured, you know, that happens as you get older. Uh, but I do think that the best thing, I think one of the most, you know, responsible pieces for Brad Marshawn becoming an elite, you know, point getting winger in the NHL, which I don't think, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the 2010s, I don't think many people pegged Marshawn as like, you know, a top five left winger at some point in his career. And here he is. He might particularly might even be the best left winger. This is an argument to be made for that. So, a lot of that is Bergeron. Like, that was, you know, they've been line mates the whole time. You know, he's his best friend on the team. You know, Bergeron's been like the biggest influence on him. So I do think that it's absolutely possible that Bergeron is probably the best thing to happen to Brad Marchand um, on and off the ice. So I think Bergeron, obviously, definitely, uh, you know, reward, deserving of the, the captaincy. Uh, uh, but when you want to make safe bets, like Bergeron becoming captain, there's only one place to make a bet like that, and that's betonline.ag.
1: Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. we got NFL and college football playoffs are in full swing. The NBA is back, and sure enough, we're going to have NHL hockey back on our TV screens, laptops, tablets, you name it, in less than a week now, which is wild when you think about it. And, even though, you, and even though you may not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. No matter how the schedules change or the players at play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for all of our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. No one beats that. It's pretty good, Evan, right?
0: It's amazing.
1: I love it. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: And as you said, the beautiful thing of that is you can start betting on games next week. Beautiful, Next isn't it? week, isn't that music to your ears? Yeah, it's uh, it's and, lovely, and, and, and obviously you can go now and bet on uh, on odds for divisions and for Stanley Cup odds. Uh, Bruins surprisingly high in all of those, I believe. Bet online still has the Bruins as the favorite in uh, in the East Division, which we can debate at some other time. Uh, but I think if you if you if you pull the fan base, I think that <laughs> I don't think they'd make that bet. Uh, yeah. But that's okay. That's betonline.ag. So, uh, aside from Bergeron becoming the captain, there's been a few, little, uh, few other nuggets of information. I couldn't speak there for a second. Uh, but there's been some uh, little pieces of information. Uh, Tuka Rask saying he wants to stay in Boston past this year, which we obviously kind of knew. He told Steve Conroy that back in, I believe it was October. Yes. Um, which seems like a while. It seems like, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. It was just a few months ago that he said that. Uh, but he also t- detailed sort of why he went home from the bubble and go figure uh, it wasn't a lie all along. And I love the people. Someone uh, tweeted at me saying that they didn't really believe the story. And I'm like, what? Like, you think you just make up shit about your kids? Like, you think you just, yes. Oh yeah. My daughter went to the hospital <laughs> JK. Like, no, uh, I think that is absolutely <laughs> legit. Uh, and I find it funny that they would, you know, not believe that.
1: I'm not surprised, but it's still, like, disheartening. Like, after that, he once again reiterated, you know, what it was. And I don't remember – maybe it's the fact that he mentioned, like, yeah, we got to call, like, a fucking ambulance. Like, that it was – you know, this wasn't like, you know, the kid had, like, uh, a minor thing. Like, there's a reason why he went down there. And, of course, like, any parent would or should because there was quite a few people who were, like – you know, I've had my kid. Like, I'm still committed to the game. Like, congrats, bro. You're a <laughs> shitty parent then. But
0: I'll put um, my kid in the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, of course, you're deciding because after that comes out, I, I tweeted something like, "I'm sure there's a lot of people who are deleting the tweets from August, you know, stuff like that." And of course, people then double down, being like, you know, he's still he left the team in 2018 too." Which, yeah, he left for a week, week and a half in 20, you know, early 2018. And he came back and they almost won the con, he almost won the con in that year. So I don't really know how the argument fits in there, but, um, yeah, again, it feels like it's something hopefully this can kind of put all that narrative to bed, which it won't, but it should, um, in terms of getting, giving him a clean slate. Um, I think people lose track of the fact that, you know, with all this drama around it, that the guy still finished second for the Vesna. If this was a year, this was like maybe like 10 years ago. Like he probably would have won Vesna because people would just look at Connor Hellebuck's team, and be like, hey, he's not good. <laughs> like, thankfully, like he got some credit for like having like standing on his head with a shitty defense in front of him. But if this was like ten years ago, Rask easily would have won the Vesna probably. But he still just look at
0: goals against. Yeah, exactly.
1: Of course, high danger. No, and a shot from the blue line still counts. Um But uh, yeah, I. I it shouldn't be much of a surprise for the Bruins are a much better team when you have two Carrasque on the roster. And I think especially this year, um, one of the reasons why at least I'm so optimistic that I still think they're going to be uh, right at the top in the East or at least contending for it is as uh, I think that that tandem and net's going to be huge for them this year, especially considering how compressed the schedule is. You're going to need to require, you know, both those guys to be on their game or if one of them fault is you need to have a good backup option there to take an extra, a couple bit of games. So, um. yeah, hopefully now this can be put to bed and Ras can move forward uh, and have a clean slate this year because uh, to, you know, another elite, you know, not shocking development, Uh, the Bruins are going to need him to stand on his head if they want another chance to go on a deep run.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Someone had replied to me because I quote tweeted someone who, uh, by the way, spelled Tuca's name wrong, per usual. Mm. Um, but they said, you know, all, oh, you know, uh, they said something anti-Tuca. I forget exactly what it was, but someone replied and said, like, oh, you know, of course they're entitled to their own opinion. And I was like, of course they are. Uh, I just disagree with it. And that's okay. Um, I, I just, I, I'm always baffled by the opinion that, you know, Rask sucks or I'm done with Rask. And, you know, I just, I never, I never really get it because, and this is a discussion we can have later in camp and kind of as we get into the season, but, there's nobody behind Rask that's younger who can take over the starting job and you would hate them. Like if Dan yeah. Vladar suddenly became the starter, you would you would not be able to handle that. Now, I'm not saying yes. Vladar is bad. I'm just saying he Vladar is. is nowhere near ready for, uh, yeah. for starting minutes. Another thing that got brought up, and this was brought up on Thursday in David Krejci's availability, was he was saying how he does not plan on retiring after this year, which I believe he said before. I uh, think yes. he said that, Back during the uh, during the pause before the playoffs, he said that. Uh, but it is interesting. I think that's something that we're gonna have to kind of watch. Is like what what's his future? What, where's what's is he gonna go back to the check? Is he gonna mm-hmm. go to a different team? And I and I think there are teams that would easily have him in their top two. or I mean, in their oh, top yeah. six mm-hmm. uh, next year. I don't think that Krejci is headed for any massive decline. I just don't think he's really. Worthy of a long term deal, because just because of his age.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do with him and what his priorities are. Um, just in terms of, you'd imagine he'd still be penciled into a a top six role for at least another year or two. He uh, seems like he's a guy who could probably age pretty gracefully in terms of eventually transitioning into a, a third third line center going forward. Just whether the Bruins kind of view him as being kind of part of that next step for them, you'd imagine that. You know, are they looking at moving a guy the coil up uh, higher in the lineup, which I think is intriguing, has a little bit of risk in terms of whether he's, you know, is he a very, very, very good 3C and like a all right 2C, you know, you have to kind of figure out where his best role is. So we'll see how he does this year, where he's got, some you know legitimate weapons uh, to work with this year, hopefully. Um, is a guy like Stenica ready? Is he a guy that you're just going to drop into like a two C role like out of the gate after Have after fun. this year? Yeah, exactly. So um, a lot of questions there. I feel like that one's even more uncertain than Rask. Like, I, I think Rask. I would not be surprised if it's just like two three year deal. I think he wants to stay here. I think the Bruins. Uh, maybe I shouldn't predict what the Bruins are going to do because I also thought Char was going to be back and that was going to be like the easiest part of the off season. But Pet-
0: Petrov, Pet- I think it was Petrov McGuire on Twitter who made the joke that like any player who says they want to be a Bruin for life is just gone the
1: next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So because I mean, you kind of look at unless they want to target someone out in the free agency market, like you imagine they want to give Swayman and Vladar more time because. Thankfully, it seems like we're going to have an AHL season, uh, the the Marlboro Bruins, as they're going to be called now. <laughs> but let's be real. It's going to be, I think, like 22, 25 games. So you're going to have that split between maybe Vladar and Swainman. Like, that's not a full year development for those guys, right? So, they're going to be
0: in rank six. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, how much you, of course, like any year of development Swainman coming up here and being like in the system is great for him. But how much are you really going to gain from, you know, 10 plus games in the AHL level. Like, I think they need like a full season of development, at least for a guy Swayman. So I think if you're going to move on from Rask this year, you better have a great option, Uh, you know, from outside the organization or, or you're going to just drop Swayman into like a baptism by fire. So I think Rask is easier to map out, but Krejci, it's a whole lot of, you know, whether they just view it's time to kind of, you know, pull the plug on, on that, on his tenure there. But We'll see. It's a whole lot to be discussed, right?
0: It is. I and mean, there's a lot we can discuss with Krejci, I think, and we will probably later on uh, as the season goes along. Uh, the funny thing is, you know, Connor to replace Rast, they'll just go out and get like a Devin Dubnik or a, or a Jordan oh, Bennington. Yeah. And the, and they'll find – he's so much cheaper, and they win. That's the difference. Our they win. Devin
1: Dubnik was – first of all, they wouldn't call him Dubnik. It would be like Duber or something like that. They wouldn't get his fucking name right. So, Dubnik. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, like, they would, cause they heard him, he was good, like, four or five years ago. It'd be someone who was good, like, like seven years ago.
0: Ryan yeah. Miller.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, all that time Lucci's hit him, he was pretty good. You know, I don't realize that was, like, a decade ago or something like that, so.
0: Hey, but time the, flies, time flies. Or, we'll or it's
1: going to be the argument that, you know, that a goalie is, like, a running back where you just slot any of them in and they'll do well, which, like... <laughs> All right. Now, thanks. Thanks, Jordan Bennington for like, you know, adding more life to that narrative, even though he got absolutely smoked by Vancouver the next year and honestly was heinous in that. So we'll see how he does. Maybe he'll bounce back, but
0: yeah, maybe he becomes like a great. superstar. Who knows? Yeah. That
1: guy just brought new life into that horrible narrative. So what if
0: Bennington is like Tom Brady in the sense that like his first year he wins like the championship, the next year he's kind of bogus. And then like for the rest of his 20, like St. Louis just becomes a 20 year dynasty. With, like, Craig Berube as, like, the next Bill Belichick.
1: That would be really unfortunate, yeah. It could. It could happen. uh, Yeah, Jordan Beans is not the uh, most pleasant guy, so... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Anyways, (laughs) uh, what's funny is, this goes to show how much content we have. We're, like, 22, 24 minutes into this episode, and we meant to hit on, and we still will, but we we were going to leave a large portion of the show for training camp observations, um... And we're at this point because there's so much stuff to cover, but yeah. we'll we'll kind of go back and forth on training camp. You've been there four days. I was only there for day one and two. Um, mm-hmm. Who has stood out to you uh, in the past couple of days? I know they scrimmaged today. Or, excuse me, Wednesday. Uh, mm-hmm. So what has stood out to you thus far?
1: Thursday. Yeah, excuse I, me.
0: They scrimmaged Thursday. Yeah.
1: I think uh, a lot of you know a lot of guys have looked pretty pretty solid. I, I think probably most surprising is how much Cassidy and his staff have kind of committed to like just like. Putting a guy in a set role and being like, "All right, we're not mixing up the lines. Like, you're going to be here to start. You better do well here because, like, we're probably going to roll you guys out to start the year. So, I imagine you're going to have Stenica uh, on the bridge on line to start. Lozon with McAvoy, and then the third pairing, you know, is it Zboril and Miller? Uh, you know, I think that could, you know, be an intriguing kind of pairing. Zboril's um, been an interesting case. Like, he was really, really good on Wednesday um like really really you know would jump into the play like seemed like he just made all the right plays it's kind of like when you watch uh grizzly when he's on where it just seems like he knows like where the the guy's pinching on him he makes that good first pass like it makes it look easy that's kind of what the looked like but then there's other times where he's either passive or he's getting like pushed around quite a bit um like you know in thursday's scrimmage he was pretty passive along the blue line like a lot of guys are pressure up high and he he'd, you know uh, push the puck, like, uh, back out to the neutral zone. So um, he's been up and down, but I would imagine he might get the first look there just because especially where he needs to hit waivers to get sent down. I think this is the chance, right, where it's like, all right, let's see what you can do. Like, you, you, you're you at least, like, on the cusp of making the roster. Let's see what he can do with a guy like Miller and kind of see how he pans out. So, um, but in terms of, like, younger guys, I think Sanika's looked pretty good, um, especially for the first few days of, of camp. Uh, a lot of speed um, I think Frederick actually has been uh pretty solid um, I kind of lump Frederick and guy I and mean, a guy like Kahlo in the same boat, and that they both look considerably stronger um, you know obviously you know call six five Frederick beat the bag out of Brennan Tenem in his first game, so like you, you know these guys are, are bigger guys, but uh, it seems like in terms of the little details of the game, like Frederick's winning a lot of puck battles he's pushing guys out of the crease. Uh, Kahlo's, uh, been really, really good, you know, on, uh, like three on ones, he's been, you know, shutting down a lot of quality looks. So, um, it's, it's interesting. Like there, there's a lot of guys who are pretty solid, how much it translates to an actual game setting, you know, that kind of remains to be seen. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll gain more from the current scrimmage that'll be here, you know, today on Friday, but it's an intriguing kind of roster. Like there's four or five different spots where you look at it and be like, this could maybe work out like, you know, or it could completely blow up in their face. Like uh, I think we both thought it was going to stop the year with uh, McAvoy and Grizzly together, but now it seems like it's going to be Lozon with McAvoy and Kahlo uh, with Grizzly, which, uh, you know, you break down the numbers and you're kind of intrigued by how Grizzly and Kahlo do. Cause those guys in the past have had, crazy, you know, D zone stats. like that, that team, th- that pairing has been uh, dealt pretty taxing minutes in the past. So does that work out? And they become kind of a more defensive oriented kind of crew callou pairing. Like does Lozon take the next step? Like there's a lot of question marks, but um, there's also enough that we've seen and enough that you kind of break it down where you have to at least be maybe not optimistic is the right word, but like pleasantly uh, Intrigued. They'll go with that. We're not optimistic, We're pleasantly intrigued by. Intrigued. Yeah, by how some of these, uh, you know, camp battles and some of these roster spots are, are uh, panning out. Because it really hasn't been battles, you know, for roster spots. More or less, we're putting this guy here and we'll see how he does. And so far, guys have more or less held their own.
0: Yeah, to me, I just wrote this down. I think there's only five roster spots that are really kind of up for grabs in a sense. I would say it's the third spot, uh, the you know the third line left wing. We yeah. don't really seem to know exactly what they're doing with that yet. Although Nick Ritchie's played with Coyle the most, um, mm-hmm. and I know that um, Cassidy had mentioned on Tuesday that he yeah. wanted to put Bjork on the fourth line uh, at left wing to try that out. But that was also after he put Frederick there, and they looked really good. Yes. So that, and then for the fourth line left wing fourth line right wing, third, and then the third pairing on D. So five positions, I would say, you yeah. kind of have up for grabs. The rest seem to sort of be uh, set in stone, at least at this point. You're right about Frederick, though. Frederick has looked really good. Um, yeah. And that was something I think that, you know, we all kind of – I think I think saw everyone kind of say this, was like,
1: you yes. know <laughs> – I think everyone, when you mentioned Frederick as being in the mix. Everyone gets pumped up, so.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, this the one thing that the Bruins do really lack – is the physicality aspect of it? I mean, they don't, they don't have any heavy hitters. Um, you know, they have Nick Richie, but that's like the one big tough guy that
1: the Bruins and, have. And maybe fans. Miller.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin Miller. I was thinking more uh, offensive front. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, you know, up front, you need a little bit of. You need. You know, you're playing the Capitals. You're playing the. You know, the, the Flyers were. You know, these all these bigger teams. Islanders
1: have some pests. Yeah.
0: Islanders, like you need to be able to combat these things and having a guy like Frederick down there. That's why to me, I like the idea of Frederick on the fourth line with, um, with Corrali and Wagner, just because I feel like that is a line where you are going to get, you can have, you know, if Frederick's responsible defensively, you can put that up against other teams. First line, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, you know, momentum swing type line uh, Bjork solid there. I just don't see him as a fourth line left wing. I don't see him, you know, really, being able to find the back of the net better. I mean, that's sort of the one knock on Bjork is he gets good chances. He gets, you know, he, he's good in the offensive zone. He's good in his own zone too. Mm-hmm. But you need to put him with guys who are going to help him find the back of the net more. And I don't know if Wagner and Crowley are the, are the guys to do that. It feels like that he doesn't really fit in with those two guys. Whereas, you know, Bjork typically looks very good with Stadnika and looks good with Coyle uh whereas a guy like frederick i think if you just kind of let him do the sean Corrali method of playing hockey and just kind of let him bounce out of a cannon and just hit everything in sight it's much better so i think frederick's the guy for that line but i do based off cassidy's comments i i kind of i don't know i think that the way he said bjork would be kind of down there to start makes me think bjork would probably be down there to start
1: i feel like it's going to be one of those things that's going to be constantly kind of evolving and i think it might depend on the matchup. Cause I think traditionally Cassidy likes that fourth line, not as like, you know, the Merlot line where it's like, you know, they have Sean Thornton beating the shit out of guys, but bring
0: think, Sean Thornton back yeah, to exactly. Boston,
1: which I think if, you know, Frederick's there, people think that's what it's going to be like. And like, Frederick can do more than just, you know, beat the crap out of guys. Um,
0: First round pick.
1: Yes. Well, so hopefully he's not just beating the crap out of guys, <laughs> but, um, but you, you kind of look at, I think it might depend on kind of the matchup. Cause traditionally Cassidy, of course, he likes his fourth line to be north-south and good on the four-check and, you know, stuff like that. But I think his priority especially is to have them being able to hold their own against other top six lines and allowing the Bergeron line to get more ozone stats and, and making things easier. Because I think when the Bruins are rolling the last couple of years, it's usually that fourth line's clicking and the Bergeron line is landing punches down the other end of the ice, right? That's usually the a good recipe for success. And they didn't, you know, hit that nearly as much last year. So is it a situation where if you just need like a defensively responsible group that can you know maybe have a chance still to to score is it you know they go with Bjork or, or Lindholm or something like that Bjork will probably has more offensive upside so uh, and again he's got the speed that if you put him in just kind of a simplified north south role maybe that works out for him he was pretty good during uh during the scrimmage on Thursday too like a lot of just like being the first guy in as the f1 like He's got value there if you kind of just simplify his game down and don't expect him to be a, you know, a 45 point guy like maybe we probably thought he was going to be a few years ago. So I think he's in the mix. And then maybe if it's you're going up against the Capitals or something like that, then you switch out Frederick and seeing how it is. And I think that might be what it's going to be at the start is tailoring that group. And if Bjork gets on a hot streak down in that stretch, or if you play the Caps and Frederick, you know, fights, you know, beats a bag out of someone, but also can, has a, a goal or, or a helper or something like that, then it kind of builds momentum. So I think that might be what it is in terms of just kind of tailoring that fourth line based on the matchup and seeing how either of these younger wing is kind of fit. And I mean, who knows, maybe, you know, both play well in that role and they've got a, the luxury of having the ability to kind of find tool that, that bottom six into kind of whatever the matchup dictates, which would be great for the for the Bruins. So we'll see. It's interesting, you know, Bjork, I think, is probably best suited at the third line, but uh, it seems like right now Richie's going to be the guy to start. And, you know, I will give as much as, you know, I think it was a disastrous stretch up in uh, Toronto, I think to say the least. I think he's looked all right. He hasn't looked really that bad. I think having Craig Smith on that line helps a lot because that dude, opens up a ton of ice. I mean, he's got that shot that everyone knows about, but like guys, you know, great on the boards. Seems like, you know, he's, he's pressuring guys. He's good on the four check. Like, I think he's going to, especially with that shot, open up a whole bunch of ice, which you mix that with a puck possession guy, like coil mix that with Richie, who again, literally just hang out, hang out around the crease. Like the puck will probably find you like, Seems like a recipe for success. So I think they start with Richie and kind of go from there, and works out great. If not, then you've got options, which is good for the Bruins.
0: Yes, and I think this is something that people aren't kind of you know mentioning uh, a lot is this this offensive crew is depth is deep. Excuse me, God, yes. I can't talk. They're deep, they're deep for the first time in forever. And I said this to you the other day. They're deep. You know, you don't have to worry about if Frederick doesn't work on the fourth line. You can swap Bjork in. If Richie doesn't work on the third line, you can swap Bjork in or Stadnika or if you want to do Frederick or Corrali. you have options. And I think that that's something that for a long time, you know, we haven't been able to say about the Bruins. On defense, though, it's very different. Um, but it does look good uh, for a guy like Zaborro that he is doing well in, in training camp. But that is today's Poke the Bear. Uh, we hit on everything, everything possible. Um, yes. And you can catch all of Connor's work uh, covering training game at Boston sports journal uh, and my stuff over at CLNS media. Uh, and that is poke the bear episode 25. Uh, next time we speak to you, uh, it'll be before a game. It'll we'll be probably, before we'll, a game. and We'll do like a imagery. season season preview episode. Mm, can't wait for that. But at any rate, that is today's poke the bear. Uh, and for you poke the bear listeners, have a great rest of your day.